Welcome to Technically Iowa, a podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and all-out female rock stars connected to technology in Iowa. I'm Beth Trejo, and I'll be your host for the show. We have a great show for you planned today. But first, a message from our sponsor. Be sure to check out TAI's Catalyst Series, presented by Corteva AgriScience Agricultural Division of Dow DuPont. This Catalyst Series profiles Iowa women technology leaders through personal long-form interviews and beautiful photography. The digital series will culminate in a live event on December 4th in downtown Des Moines at the Tea Room. Experience photography from the series and listen to stories from women featured throughout 2018. You can meet the Catalyst and learn more about the live event at CatalystIowa.com. That's C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-S-Iowa.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Technically Iowa. Today, my guest speaker will be Abby Wood, Senior Operations Manager with Jack Henry and Associates. Well, welcome, Abby. Thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So today, we're going to just talk a little bit about who you are, your connection with technology and, and the state of Iowa, and really just um, have a little fun. We have a, a little trivia and some tips and tricks for our listeners to be able to use technology, and um, we call them kind of life hacks that they like to participate in. So why don't we just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and your job um, with Jack Henry and Associates and really how you got to where you are. Yeah, sure. So I guess if I start back a little bit further, you know, I graduated from college uh, with a degree in public relations. I honestly had no idea where that was going to take me. (laughs) Obviously, it's super broad. You know, I took digital media classes, print media, media law, design, really all of it. And for some reason, I just feel like it was easier for me to identify what it was that I didn't want to do And that really helped me figure out kind of the direction I wanted to go. My advisor, of course, assured me that I was not crazy. (laughs) You know, I started out for a few years working with automotive dealers all across the country. I would work with them on, you know, one-off campaign pieces. And that quickly shifted into kind of helping with their monthly planning, being on site. And I just really loved working with people. I loved exceeding their expectations. It really fueled me. So in the end, that wasn't a really great fit for me. And I I knew that I wanted more. So I took a leap of faith into an entirely different industry. And that truly changed my course. And I never really looked back. So I started working for a fintech startup, T8 Webware. And we always said, you know, T is in Tom, the number eight Webware, W-E-B-W-A-R-E, right. <laughs> more recently known as Bano, I think what everybody would know here in the state of Iowa. And I was just inspired day one. It was such an amazing team, really talented, authentic people. Gosh, and it was there that I just really started to peel back more layers, helping to expose really an extreme core value of mine, which is just creating a customer-centric environment that delivers exceptional experiences for any set of products and services. So over seven years, and an acquisition and so many amazing people later, I still have the pleasure of iterating on this core value of mine and just trying to help expose that passion in others at Jack Henry. That's awesome. And um, as a fellow PR major that also graduated with, now what do I do with this? Um, I can 100% appreciate that. (laughs) So why don't you give people a little bit of a a background on just kind of what your company that you work for is? And and I know that there's been some changes and and kind of really where you guys see the value in, in the market. Yeah. So Jack Henry and Associates is a financial technology company. We deliver financial services for 
community banks and credit unions. And really what we do, I guess there's many areas that we serve within the financial technology space, but my business unit, the Bano business unit, really focuses on the digital channel. So building native applications, um, familiar products that you know most would recognize would be things like mobile banking, online banking. We also have an enterprise suite that allows our customers, which is a financial institution, to service their customers. So Part of what we really do is that B2B2C model. So we deliver products to our customer that they offer to their customer. So the differentiator, I think, of really what we're specifically doing is recognizing that all of this technology that we've all built for these community banks and credit unions to offer to their customers and their members has really created a wedge or a divide in what these institutions are known for, what differentiates them from the big banks and credit unions, and that's their service. So the way that we approach what we're building and how we're building it is just to bring back that special touch to banking, servicing the customer that they're never going to see in a branch. So really just making banking personal again. That's awesome. And, you know, I I think it's super interesting in this industry because especially, you know, just the large banks that are kind of, even if they're not physically in the smaller communities, whether it's throughout Iowa or other um, states, they still have a presence there, right? Because the online Mm -hmm. space. So um, how do you see that changing even into the future of, you know, the place for the community banks? Obviously, my parents' generation, they knew their bankers so well and their bankers knew them so well. And, you know, as our children's generation, you know, they just become more accustomed to the online ecosystem. Where do you Mm -hmm. see that going and, and changing? Yeah, I mean, that's really the crux of it all. That's what we're trying to solve. That's really the big problem that we're trying to solve for these community banks and credit unions, because it's not the same anymore. It's not that you walk into a branch Um, I mean, I still do for certain business needs, you know, through a nonprofit that I am a part of. But for me, like, I can't remember the last time I was in there for like a retail need. You know what I mean? I do all of that online. And so really what we're trying to do where we see that space going is you need to be able to allow for your customers to be serviced digitally. They need to be able to be online and still receive that personal touch. I think we all know what it's like to work with one of the big, big banks um, and what phone number do you call and how do you even get in touch with them? And so a lot of the features and things that we're thinking about and how we build products today is really how do we bring back that personal touch, that personal centric role of a financial institution with their customers or their members? I love it. The other thing I would love to get your thoughts on, because, you know, just my company, Chatterkick, we do build websites, but we really stay far away from um, the banking and finance <laughs> space because it is a very different than building technology for mid-sized businesses, even if they are growing quickly. But question I have for you is, like, don't you feel that the investment in, like, interface of technology, whether that's websites or mobile apps, is more of a necessity for those smaller community banks or even um, larger community banks and credit unions. And do you see that kind of the attitude towards investing in that it is kind of becoming more obvious in a way? For example, yeah. I, I know, you know, the, the first community bank websites used to be very kind of low tech and the user interface wasn't that awesome. And now I go onto some community bank and credit union pages and they do have an awesome website and their mobile experience is getting so much better. Are you seeing that trend across the board of these banks kind of realizing that that investment is so critical? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, really start, even if I think back to when I first started at T8 Webware, we were building websites using the flash technology. 
And that was before, you know, Steve Jobs said, hey, we're not putting this on the iPhone anymore. You know, it's not going to work on our devices. Before that all happened, like we were building websites in a very different way. And they were very much more of kind of that pamphlet driven website where you just went there for information. And the difference is that the engagement has changed, right? Because now you have people who are traveling all over the world and still want, you know, to have that access to their financial institution and not have to worry about, am I going to be able to use my card when I'm out of the country or, you know, things like that. So I think it's definitely changed for a variety of reasons. I think the technology obviously has gotten so much better, but I think also just everybody's take on that experience that you provide to your customers. I think that's really what has also changed. Like the design and how you present your brand online is super important because there's sometimes that people aren't ever going to get to see that brick and mortar. And so I think that's part of it. And I also think that, again, you know, people want to be able to transact on the go. And that's really institutions, they don't see that necessarily as a differentiator anymore. It is like, that's just like, if you don't have that, that's just table stakes, like you have to have those pieces there. And really, you know, what's going to differentiate them again, what we believe is really bringing back that personal touch. Right. It's kind of mixing that relationship-based softer side with the technology that, again, really isn't an option anymore for a lot of these banks. It's kind of, you know, sink or swim in many cases. So I really loved your passion for what you do. And um, you had mentioned when we were talking a little bit about your background that you love helping people. And I'm assuming that you also probably like building those relationships. When young listeners are listening, or even somebody that's looking to make a career change, how do you see that fit into technology specifically within your role or just careers in tech in general using not just the data side of things, but really mixing the relationship building and working with people into that space? Yeah, you know, I think what I'll say is that a lot of people fear or maybe have hesitation around jumping into the industry or that type of industry. It doesn't just have to be financial technology. It can be any technology industry. They kind of have a fear of, you know, well, I don't know how to code or I don't, you know, I can't, I'm not a designer or what have you. But my team has taught me a lot about those things. Um, You know, I can dabble a little bit here and there, but (laughs) I'm definitely not a coder. I don't, I don't write code on a day-to-day basis, but what they value in me is, you know, different than what they would for someone who writes code. I bring skills to the table and to the technology space that maybe an engineer couldn't. And so I think my recommendation to people that would be looking to make that change is number one, like just have conversations, like find people that you, you know, if if you see an interest in something, go have a conversation with that person and just really remove that like anxiety that you would have around the thought of, you know, taking a leap of faith like that, find the value of what you bring to the table. And don't be afraid to just have some of those really great conversations and put yourself out there. And just like I did, take a leap of faith. You know, I think that what you'll find is that there are so many different areas that you can be involved in technology that don't just have to be writing code. And I think that that was one of the things that I didn't understand, you know, getting that big PR degree that you don't know, like, where are you going to go from there? I think that was something that I just didn't understand. It was like, am I going to go to an agency and write press releases? Like, is that what I'm going to (laughs) do? You know, that's not what I wanted to do. And so, like I said, really finding the things that I didn't like, I was like, well, I know I, I understand and I respect design, but I'm not good at it. You know, like I I can see it and I know when it's good, but don't ask me to do it. (laughs) And so, you know, it was just kind of having that experience and then really just 
having some of those conversations that honestly gave me anxiety to start with. And then, like I said, there was just no turning back. And I think if you can find a space where you can carve out, you know, what value you bring to a company, no matter what, you know, they do, I think that you should do it. Well, well said. I agree completely. (laughs) Now it's time for a little fun. So we're going to play a game to see if you know these Iowa facts. And (laughs) um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a question and then just see if off the top of your head, you can come up with the answer. Okay. All right. How many counties does Iowa have? Oh, my gosh. You're totally going to pull me into my old Iowa history classes, aren't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. I don't think that I could say the real number. I know it's less than 100. Um, maybe like 90. 99. Right oh, there. Close. I was yes. close. So close. And full disclosure, I did have to Google the confirmation <laughs> of these answers. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yes. Okay. And now this one I did know. But what is the University of Iowa's mascot? And do you know his name? Perky the Hawk, of course. There we go. Did you graduate from an Iowa school? I did. Well, it was a um, private college up in Waverly, but I grew up in the Amana Colony. So okay. my high school was right next to the University of Iowa. So Gotcha. So so that one was easy. Yeah, that one was easy. This one, I, I will fully admit, I did not know. What is Iowa's state rock? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> yeah, right? Or just a no. quick Google. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. So it's a geode. Um, oh I did my not, gosh, okay. I yeah. did not know that either. And so, but I <laughs> think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, now we're going to move on to our next topic. It's called Life Hacks. And what we like to do here is just get some tips and tricks for our listeners of cool technologies or apps that you use on a personal or regular basis. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the people that you know who help you get things done and how do you rely on them? I think sometimes that's a little bit tricky. You seem like probably a very busy person and there's a million things to always get done. So what's some of your tips to help rely on other people to get the job done? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that I have the most trouble with is saying no. So sometimes I kind of create my own busyness in that regard because I always like to help lend a hand where I can. I think in general, I'm pretty self-motivated. So I'm a big to-do list gal (laughs) and a handwritten to-do list. Like I'm just like old school in that regard. I love watching myself like physically cross something off a list. But um, I feel like being able to like trust some of the people that you work with and just be able to delegate some of the tasks that, you know, they can help you with. That's really important. Like I think having that skill of being able to delegate well, and it's, it's not just saying like, Hey, go do this work for me. It's like, Hey, can you help me like achieve this thing? And so I think that's really helpful. But I also think like, even if it's just speaking personally, you know, other motivated people will always help me, I guess, feel like I'm keeping my level up. Like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I need to, I need to keep pushing too. So I think, you know, just making sure that you can like communicate and delegate really well to like have others help you and explain like, this is the purpose and why it's important, uh, I think is really the way I approach it. That's great. One of the things I've been doing that's, I also am a to-do list person, but I've been trying to organize my to-do list into like, these are the things I need to email respond to. This is Mm -hmm. who I need to call. Here's like kind of the deeper work that I need to set a larger chunk aside for. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes I think I have a million things to do and, you know, five emails technically doesn't take all that time. And so if I can just like 
put it into a visual to-do list. That's yeah, helped me yeah. a lot. For um, sure. All right. Well, what app or game are you using right now that you just can't put down? Oh my gosh. This is probably super embarrassing, but I would say it's a game called Wordscapes. Have you ever played No, this? I haven't, but I know like Words with Friends is, is this like level yeah. up from Words with Friends? This is, this is more like an individual basis. Like you play it on your own, but you get like point. It's like crossword puzzles, but you only have so many letters to come up with a certain number of words. It's really fun, but there's different levels and the words get harder and harder and they wow. get longer. <laughs> that seems then, really hard. I like yeah, word games up, blow my like mind. It's like a little brain buster a little bit, nice. you know, like, cause you, I don't know. You're just like, Oh, that's a word. That's a word. That's a word. And sometimes they're, they're not the ones they're looking for, but yeah, that's, I would say that's probably a game that I get addicted to quickly. And what was the name of that again? Wordscapes. Wordscapes. All right. Kind of I'll like have landscape, to but wordscape. Gotcha. All right. Last question here. What's something that you're still trying to solve? Oh, man, I think I would say probably how to best use my energy. You know, you have only so much time in a day and how you manage your energy really will help, I guess, dictate how much you can get done. So I think like trying to be super conscious of that, that's something I'm always trying to solve. Like, how do I find more time, you know, to be able to still get the things I need to get done, but not have to like encroach on that, like personal time as well so right I well I, I agree when you, energy <laughs> when you figure that one out definitely let us know <laughs> yeah for sure all right well thank you so much for joining us today I really enjoyed speaking with you and that wraps up another episode of technically Iowa thank you for joining us